welcome to In the Name of Game. Welcome once again to In the Name of Game, a video game podcast. Today is July 14th, 2011. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> welcome once again. In the name of game, a video game podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Iggy. I'm your co-host, David. Yes, and uh, we have a very robot-friendly podcast tonight. For all of you robo listeners out there, that that means you too, spam bots, and all the kind of auto internet-based bots out there. That's a little intro and a hello, and also a uh, fuck you to. <laughs> to, to you robots for sending 8,000 pieces of spam. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it sounds like a, like a Futurama robot for me for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Billy Weston style. Yes, Billy West robot voice. That's perfect. <laughs> He's channeling Billy West for that. <laughs> um, so anyway, everyone, uh, we've got another podcast show for you today. Uh, a lot of interesting things to talk about. Um, for any of you PS3 owners... Uh, I, what I'd like to talk about first is my uh, experience so far with the Uncharted 3 beta, which I'm pretty sure I got to bet at least 70-80% of you guys have, have fiddled with or maybe just downloaded um, to try out for shits and giggles. But, uh, wait, David, did you try it? No, you've been... Too no, busy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> so. Um, no, but it's it's been pretty fun. So what it is is it's the multiplayer, like a sampler of it. You get only one co-op mission, which is a little disappointing, um, like story co-op, and then you get a whole host of um, competitive uh, multiplayer uh, modes. Um, the the co-op, I I guess I, I mean I, I understand why they only have one. Like why would they need to give away all their um, other co-op maps, but it would have been nice to have kind of a, a feel for like maybe just one other map, because what they have is um, it's pretty clever. Like uh, they definitely want to reinforce a lot of teamwork because um, you know if you played a lot of co-op multiplayer games, usually you're just kind of running around in a group, shooting the same stuff, doing the same sort of things. But um, in Uncharted co-op, they usually try to make it a little bit more dynamic and on the fly. So in the sample that they have, which um, I believe it's called Syria, it's uh, you're in this castle and you're trying to run away from like a helicopter, and um, it has a bunch of different like teamwork-based elements where you know you have to stand much like the the multiplayer in Uncharted 2. You know everybody stand here and press triangle to activate this cutscene where everybody works together. <laughs> teamwork, yay! And um, so that's standard, but they also have uh, another element where there's three different uh, pieces of treasure. So in a very Indiana Jones-like uh, move, you have to take the treasure while you know other people are covering you, so that you don't get shot by all these like inhuman like takes a million like they're bullet sponges basically. That these uh, soldiers that come after you while you're doing that, so they protect you while you take a piece of treasure over to this. Um, uh, column and then like put it in and it sets down and like so you do that with a three and then it activates something and then you move on so uh, and then there's like a boss guy that has a, a minigun which is the one thing I, I find a little silly about the enemies in Uncharted is 
You know, in a lot of slightly realistic games, if you headshot somebody, okay, maybe if they're tough, they might take a couple extra headshots than usual or something. But these guys, even some of the regular dudes, you need to, like, shoot them in the head a bunch of times before they die. So there's there's something that makes you feel like um, it's very ineffective, all the weaponry in that in that world. Like the minigun mini-boss... Um, God, he is like the craziest bullet sponge. You're gonna be shooting at him and shooting at him and shooting at him, and he's just a dude. He's not like a mutant or like, like they. I, I don't think he even has. I think in Uncharted 2 they had um, certain enemies that have you know helmets or something on. So then you th- can think, okay, that makes more sense because I need to shoot the helmet off and then I can kill the guys. That it's fine, but I think uh, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Um, for this guy, he doesn't have any face protection. They have dudes with riot shields, and okay, that makes sense, because you got to shoot, like, around the shield and whatever. But there's other people that are totally vulnerable, and they take a million shots. So that's that's just my beef with, the, yeah. with that. That sounds very frustrating. Yeah. Well, it's kind of paired together with... Um, the one thing I don't like about Uncharted, and this isn't a deal breaker at all, because I, I love, I get like gamer boners or whatever for uh, for this series, but um, nerdgasms, um, <laughs> whatever, um, is that uh, the guns feel really weak, almost all of them, except some shotguns, which like one shot in the face and you're practically dead, um, like AKs. Do this little kind of like airsoft type strength, and maybe I'm noticing it more now because I I went to that gun range for the first time uh, last week, and wow, what an experience! I gotta say, if you've never shot a gun before and you're legal age to shoot a gun, uh, which was like 18, I guess. From okay. well, okay, if you're not in some state where they just shoot shit in the forest for fun or. <laughs> You're of the legal age within your state. Well, kids can go to a gun range, I guess. Because I don't think they'd let kids go to a gun range, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I always just say if you're within the legal range to go to the gun range. <laughs> okay. Should... Yeah. Anyway. Um, for it's all of experience. you, basically for all of you nerds out there who think that you know a thing or two about shooting guns because you play a lot of first-person shooters, you are wrong, first of all. Yeah, you're told. <laughs> you should go to a gun range and see what the real deal is like. And things will suddenly make more sense to you. <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta say, it's like I, I got an additional, like a new appreciation for weapons. Not that I'm gonna buy a gun, no way. But um, you, you kind of you play enough first-person shooters and you know Call of Duties, whatever, and you think you understand about how guns work and recoil and whatever. But it's so different. Even just having a regular handgun, like small as hell. The, the kickback in it is so much more than I would have expected. Not that I couldn't handle it, but, I mean, it, it, it's a lot more than you would see. Like, when you watch a movie, like a Will Smith action movie or, like, you know, Bad Boys or something like that, and they're just running and gunning, like, as if there's no kickback or anything at all. And then you hold a gun for yourself, and you're like, holy fuck, how do people even aim at somebody from, I don't know, 30 feet away? <laughs> it's hard to hit that stuff. Um... <laughs> Although I did do a lot of body shots. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, but not uh, accurately. No, well, they would be dead. <laughs> oh, I hit them in the back, right where I was aiming, not really. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, I totally meant to hit their kidney. That is a death shot. 
right kill shot right there um anyway but yeah so uncharted unfortunately has always felt kind of weak in terms of their their firepower both the sound effects have always been kind of crappy like little putt putt effects rather than more explosive sounding um effects to me and also just the how you have to pump so many bullets usually into people to uh to really knock them out and uh you really notice that in the beta because you'll be running around, especially if you do just regular team deathmatch or whatever, and it's it's difficult to kill people. That's part of the reason why I usually end up saying fuck it <laughs> and try to sneak around and just melee kill people to death. And then with melee kills, sometimes um, it's a little finicky. Like, you might be standing what you think is right behind the person, but if you're moving and then you try to insta-kill them, because, okay, if you if you melee somebody behind them in Uncharted, it's an insta-kill. You don't have to hit them a bunch of times or whatever. If you melee them to the face, you'll probably need to follow that up with another punch. Otherwise, they won't be dead. They'll just be really, like, injured. So they have some problem with, I don't know if it's, like, their hitbox or, or like, something detecting where you are relative to that person when you melee. Because sometimes I've seen people basically slide over to the person to uh, when they connect their melee shot, and other people just totally miss, <laughs> and then they'll get picked off when they try to loop back around to to melee the dude. So it, it's some stuff they need to work on. I mean, I, I guess that's why they have a beta. But I I did notice these issues in the previous multiplayer in Uncharted too. Um, but one thing I got to say is they got some variety, like even. Um, even in the, the competitive stuff, there's this one, and everybody will know what I'm talking about if you've already played it. There's this one team map that starts off very interestingly. Like, if you're the heroes, you'll be inside this cargo plane that's trying to take off. That's right at the start of the level. And if you're the bad guys, you'll each be randomly put in, like, four or five little jeeps that are trying to catch up to the, the cargo plane. And so... Um, your mission as the bad guys, and it's obviously harder, is to work your way up to the cargo plane while you're in those jeeps, like hop from jeep to jeep, like a very action movie style, and try to jump into the plane and knock out the heroes, basically. So you're at the disadvantage, obviously, if you're, if you're a villain. But the rewards, like it, it feels very rewarding if you actually manage to pull it off. And I have to say, I, I can't really think of a multiplayer uh, game that's done something unusual like that because it sounds even to describe it it sounds pretty cool right yeah absolutely um and the only bad thing is from what people have told me and i haven't gotten a chance to play that map a lot of times because you know somebody always chooses like the other map with the map voting before the match starts um you know eventually it gets kind of dull like it loses that initial like wow factor right because it's like oh we're doing the plane thing again okay (laughs) shoot them out of the plane but, I mean, that, I guess you could say that about almost anything, right? Like, right. after a while, not so good. Um, but overall, interesting. Very interesting. There's a couple little technicalities I, I hope they would work out. Like, um, for example, when you're picking uh, weapons at the start of the match, or, like, even when you're not in, like, a matchmaking mode and you're just kind of uh, setting up what you want, uh, guns and boosters and stuff, um... I wish that they would have a comparison thing that you could do because you'll go to the the gun section and it'll have them listed in a row like AK, 
what's the other one, an M9 or something like uh, all these different automatic weapons in a line that you select from. But what would have been nice, and I was hoping they would do this, is when you highlight each one, it would immediately give you like a short uh, graph of what the the stats are for that weapon, which they do like only after you selected it. So, like, if you want to compare between the M9 and the AK, you have to select one of the weapons, look at it, back out, then select the other weapon, look at it. Yeah. And if you could just quickly, like, whoop, whoop, back forth to each one, you could say, like, okay, that one clearly has better accuracy. And yeah. that one, you know, is better with rapid fire or whatever. Yeah, but it's annoying that you have to go all the way in to select it. Nope. There should be a quick, quick view or something. Yeah, that's, 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 that's total crap. I mean, it's not crap, it's not a game breaker, but it's annoying because that's extra time where you have to, like, remember. Oh, yeah. Was, I mean, like, any, you mean, like, any any game that has that kind of an interface, that should be, like, that should be, like, a complete, you know, de facto standard. Like, you know, like racing games, even, you know, like, you play, like, Wipeout, mm-hmm. and you flip, if you're flipping between cars, like, you're going to have your eyes on that on that graph and it's not only a matter of like if you go into the car and then you have to remember when you go to the other ones and be like ah oh, okay what did the other car have again like this you know and it's so much yeah it's so much better if you just like go tap 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 you know and you yeah can yeah change dynamic. You can, on the fly just really quickly see what you want instead of having to like commit to clicking through all yeah. those like sub menus and, and whatever yeah um, i totally agree but I do like how they have a lot more customizability in this one. Like, you know, you can even do the girly stuff and, like, pick your outfits and your faces, and which I want to do. So <laughs> right now, since it's beta, there's very limited things to pick from. And, of course, if you're like me and you haven't necessarily gotten to level, like, 30 or whatever to unlock everything, um, you'll see, like, a ton of duplicate Nathan Drakes. <laughs> It's a little weird. Like, you'll see the start of a match, and, like, three Nathan Drakes with different shirts on will just be kind of walking up and crossing their arms. Like, Uh, really? You can't just... (laughs) You can't just force a different... Maybe in, like, the real game, there'll be more... I guess there'll have to be more options for for characters, but it's a little goofy. Like, you'll finish a round, and if you guys win, in a bunch of these maps, like, what happens is the, the losing team gets tied up and the, in a cutscene, and the winning team like ships them off somewhere, makes them kneel down, presumably to kill them. I don't know. Um, and then that ends. So it's weird seeing a bun- bunch of Nathan Drakes overlooking these tied up guys and pointing and giggling. Like what is it? Like a scene from Multiplicity or huh? something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's actually the other part. Uh, you know, from an animation viewpoint, they got some some work to do, which I'm sure they're gonna do because you know there's still several months. Uh, away, um, they have the same animation for all characters. Like it looks like they're trying to do kind of generic, you know, taunts and um, uh, other other moves that everybody shares. Right. But clearly, on certain models, it doesn't work as well as on others. Like um, even dancing or the putting one hand to the chest and like laughing and pointing with the other. Sometimes the arms get positioned weirdly, like un- unnaturally. Or like something goes through something else, oh, and true. the animations themselves kind of suck. <laughs> like they're very simple. Like they function, but they're not so good compared to you know the single player awesomeness. Um, so animation-wise, I'm hoping they flesh those out a lot more. 
Yeah. Yeah. But there's there's some there's some general gripes. Like the the single player is so good in terms of animation. Um, you know, with the dynamic uh, attitude or the d- dynamic quality that Nathan Drake has when he's doing stuff. Like, oh, he's going to jump to this kind of special rock on the wall, so he's going to maybe grab it a little differently than when he grabs something else. But in a multiplayer game, when time is against you, like, you need to climb that wall now. <laughs> but their animation is kind of dilly-dallying, like, whoop, and then, like, a lot of follow-through and, anim- and secondary animation and all this stuff, which looks good, but somebody's shooting you in the back of the head while that's happening. Yeah. So I wish maybe they had streamlined some of those things so that I know it might not look as good, but that it would um, finish faster. Right. There's a lot of clunkiness where... You'll have this knee-high wall you have to jump over, and sometimes he's not smart enough to jump over it the right way the first time. Or the dreaded, here's a ladder, now watch me fumble two or three times before he jumps correctly on the ladder. <laughs> like, he'll jump around the ladder. Right. You know, then that happens with other games, too. Infamous 2, I'm looking at you. That's exactly what happened in that fucking game. Um, but, yeah, overall, it's fun. I, I don't know why... Uncharted multiplayer doesn't have as much staying power for me as other multiplayer uh, bits of games. Like I've still played a lot of Assassin's Creed, uh, Assassin, uh, Assassin's Creed uh, multiplayer because it's so unique. That's the one. Um, I, mean, I know you haven't played it, but um, it's the one where people basically stalk around and try to yeah. assassinate somebody, and it's not. It's very. I, I'd almost say skill-based, but it kind of isn't. It's also sort of knowing how to, to act like an NPC. <laughs> like, like here, I'm going to act really as close to AI as possible. <laughs> so it's kind of exploiting, you know, how AI works, I guess. Uh, um, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of other multiplayer uh, games that, I, for whatever reason, hold my interest a little bit more. Like, I'll always love Uncharted for the single-player. But I wouldn't be buying it solely for, you know, the multiplayer. Right. Despite yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just Huh? It's just like a bonus. Yeah, no, it's definitely a bonus. And they also have taken a couple uh, uh, ideas or borrowed some ideas from existing multiplayer games. Like uh, Call of Duty, they added um, what's very much like the, the perk system in, in Call of Duty. So instead of calling in UAVs and mortar strikes and whatever... In, uh, in Call of Duty, in Uncharted, you'll have one kickback. So it's not all those different ones, like, kill three people, get this one, kill five people, get this. No. It's you kill a certain amount so that you're on a roll, and um, you'll get a kickback that you get to choose, and that's it. Like, you'll get maybe a speed boost for 20 seconds, or um, what's the one that I picked? There's one, I think, called Multiman something that just gives you unlimited ammo, of everything for like 20 seconds, which is good if you just want to spam like an AK or something at everybody. Uh, I wonder if it does that for, I don't know if it does it for RPGs. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, But there's a weird one that's totally, it feels like it doesn't belong in the game at all. And it's really bizarre. It's like, it's like somebody watched the mummy and said, we need to make that a kickback. (laughs) It's, um, it's called creepy crawler. And uh, what happens is, if you activate that kickback, it turns you into a mass of, like, these beetle spider things. Ah. And then for, like, 
if you if you clump around a dude for like two seconds, you'll like kill a guy with your beetle spiders. <laughs> and it's really weird because how is that? That doesn't feel like it goes with any. Like you have kickbacks, so it's like more ammo, run yeah. faster, become a a group of spiders. What? <laughs> what is that? That's, that's, that's really that's bizarre. Weird. Like, how yeah. did somebody sell that? How did that's... somebody say at a meeting, like, you know, guys, you know, there's this whole kickback system we're doing, and uh, I think you guys got some good ideas, but uh, <laughs> I got a really good idea. <laughs> and then he must have given them all, like, shots or, or drugs or something so that <laughs> he thought, like, I'm, I'm open to any suggestion, and then said, hey, creepy caller, here it is. <laughs> and it's in the game. Who knows if it'll make it all the way to retail, but I'm guessing it still will. Huh. Just bizarre. Just, uh, yeah, YouTube it, Creepy Crawler, Kickback, um, Uncharted 3. Just see for yourself. It's weird. Huh. Uh, but, yeah, so that's that's Uncharted 3 uh, multiplayer. Maybe it'll relate to something that will be in the final version of the game that we don't know about yet. That could be interesting. I mean, there's a whole lot. You know, with the previous Uncharted games... There's always been um, a very Indiana Jones kind of vibe in terms of, you know, the majority of the game feeling like feasible, somewhat realistic. I mean, other than Nathan Drake somehow not being able to die ever, uh, right. it usually feels remotely real. But there's always that last, like, 20% that gets crazy mystical, like, uh, curses and all this stuff. And then you're like, oh, okay, that's where the Indiana Jones stuff kicks in. Yeah. So maybe this creepy crawler thing is foreshadowing something nuts. Yeah, it could be. Three. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure it's gonna be a wild ride. I can't wait for. No, November has so many good games coming out. All like, right. I don't know how I'm gonna find time. You got Skyrim, you got Assassin's Creed Revelations, you got uh, oh wait, you don't have Mass Effect three anymore because that's I guess beginning of next year. But still, that's pretty soon after. Cool. November games, and then you got Uncharted, and then you got uh, when does Sonic Generations come out? That comes out soon, right? I don't know. I have I I of all people should know when that's coming <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't like mark it on your calendar. Like it's it's because I mean it's a personal thing. It's just because like I have so many Sonic games I still need to finish. Yeah. That I told myself I'm like no, I'm not I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna like tempt myself with this game until I. I do the diligence of finishing these other Sonic games, so, uh, so yeah. I, you got I, a lot of work ahead of you. <laughs> I do, honestly, and there's a lot of good Sonic games. Well, <laughs> I have at least there's at least two Sonic games I have that are that are pretty kick-ass. Well, I should say three. Um, Sonic Four, I'm almost done with, and that game actually turned really, really great. So, but it just uh, took a long ass time, huh? No, the thing that's the thing is that I had to. I mean, we've. I don't want to you know, reopen the crypt on this one. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those games where I really had to get used to it, you know. And it did, I don't know if we talked about this on the show yet, but it was one of those things where I was looking up. I, was, I went back and looked up some, like, reviews about it to kind of just, you know, like I, you know, I have a pet peeve of I don't like to base what I think about something on what someone else thinks about something, you know. Right. Like, oh, this person thinks that I'll think this. You know? They fucked it. Uh, yeah, but but I was like, well, 
like, let me see if at least somebody else is having the same frustrations as me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I played, I played like the first two worlds is worth of it, you know, like the two, two zones, you know? Uh -huh. I was like, ah, you know, and, and I think Colin had mentioned this before, and I, I can't disagree, which is the fact that the gameplay, the, well, I shouldn't say the gameplay, but like the, how do I say this? Like the way the game handles is definitely not what you're expecting when you see a side-scrolling Sonic game, you know? Like yeah. the whole lack of momentum system is like nearly unforgivable. But um, it's one of those things where once I got used to it and I was like, okay, well, if I can just kind of like play this as if I was playing like a 3D Sonic game, then uh, then it feels a little more natural. And then also allowed me to kind of enjoy some of the awesome bells and whistles that the stages have to offer that I hadn't really noticed before. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, like the, you know, it started to get very awesome. And, and I saw some reviewer mention something about it. I think IGN's review had said this, where they were saying like, they, oh yeah, that, that was it. Because I looked for any reviewer that gave it like a super high review. I was like, wow. I'm like, okay, well, wow, what are they experiencing that I'm not? Or maybe that I am now? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they said. They were like, they were like, yeah, you know, like once you, once you like kind of accept that this is a, is not your, your original Sonic playing experience, then the game becomes much more enjoyable. And they, and they made a point to say it. They're like, and for anybody who, who is, who finds themselves unable to cope with this, then the solution is to just go back and play Sonic 2 um, and not play Sonic 4. They're like, Ever because, again. <laughs> yeah, well, they were, just, they were like, if you, want, if you truly want a classic Sonic experience, go play a classic Sonic game. And right. you know, they're like, this is not trying to be a classic Sonic game. This is using, you know, like kind of, there's a bit of familiarity with it. But it is supposed to be a new, innovative Sonic adventure, you know? Well, see, that's the thing, because the way they advertised it, especially comparing directly, you know, Sonic 2 footage with Sonic 4. <laughs> Remember that initial trailer where they're like, Remember this? You know, uh -huh. back in the day with Sonic 4. Like, I think... Uh-huh. I think, like, when I think about that trailer, though, I, I would like to think of it, of them saying, like, not necessarily, yeah, it's going to feel exactly like these old games, but more, but, and maybe, maybe there's like 5% of that in there, but I just thought of it more of them saying like, like, yeah, forget about Shadow the Hedgehog and the other <laughs> 75,000 games that we made that were not in the numerical lineage, you know? And done and, and done. <laughs> yeah, they were kind of just saying like, yeah, like, that was that, but you know this is supposed to be uh, a, a direct follow-up to Sonic 3, basically, and and I like that they would say something like that because, like, you know, if you really think of it that way, I I I have a much easier time accepting how the game functions because, like, if I think of if I compare Sonic 2 to Sonic 1, you know, like Sonic 2 had like a ton of changes in gameplay to Sonic 1, and then like. If I think of Sonic 3 to Sonic 2, the same thing. Like, there was a lot of different gameplay changes. And so I can say the same thing about, like, Sonic 4 to Sonic 3 having a significant amount of gameplay changes. And and I think, you know, and, and maybe this is getting a, 
a little off topic. You know, we're already extremely off topic. But, um, <laughs> it's Sonic. You know, it happens. But, uh, but uh, also, just like I do dig the fact that they did a kick-ass job of. You know how like there's there's always been zones. You know, there's always been acts, and there was something that they did different. And, and I I'm almost positive I mentioned this before on this podcast, but something that's just amazing is that every single act is a completely different experience and which is something very new to a sonic game where you know usually it's like okay here's the zone and once you understand the zone you're like okay it's going to be like this for the next yeah they all kind of function similarly yeah and with sonic 4 they did this awesome thing where it's kind of like okay the zone is the vessel it's like okay like for example there's like the uh like a great one is, God, I forget what the actual name of the zone is, but it's sort of like the Metropolis zone from Sonic 2. Ugh. Like, oh, oh no, <laughs> why would you say that? <laughs> I just, I mean, it was a three-act zone, which was unusual for that, but it just felt like it went on forever. Like, oh, another screw thing that I have to <laughs> run all the way up. Run a trillion times, and then those damn shrapnel bombs explode, and I fall all the way down. Yeah. Um, oh, a praying mantis with oh those those claws are flying off his hands. They brought the goddamn me. praying mantises back in Sonic Four, and I, I hate them. They, <laughs> I've I've screamed at my at my TV. What? To, I guess like, they're a lot harder. No, dude. J- well, just like Sonic Two, but worse. Where it's like they're strategically placed in the worst spots to just totally derail whatever you're doing. You know. Yeah. And so, like, once you like, oh, sweet, I got through that area. No, <laughs> you know, I got hit. There's a billion rings everywhere now. You know, yeah, uh, it's it's the worst. So, but I mean, that's part of the challenge of the game, I guess. So, but um, but yeah. So there's like the the whatever we'll call it the pseudo metropolis zone. Um, that's it. It's like think of it as like somewhere between Scrap Brain from Sonic One and Metropolis from Sonic Two, right. and it's. Like, God, what the hell was it? Yeah, that's it. Okay, so the first stage is, is like, the first act is, like, introducing you to the world, you know? And it's like, okay, it's big. You're, it's like you're kind of inside of a giant machine, and there's, like, gears and crap everywhere, and uh, there's steam that you have to, like, ride on top of, and here's the enemies and all this stuff. And once you beat that act, then, like, and the acts are all named, they all have names, and the names give you, like, a clue of what you're going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So act two is, like, it's called, like, um, in, I think it's actually called in the machine is what the second one's called. And when you start screwing around with it, you notice that the main hook of the whole, that whole act is all about these gears. There's these giant gears, and they all do different things. Like, some of them are trying to kill you and crush you. Some of them you have to actually ride on top of and use your sonic speed to like spin them in a certain direction uh-huh. and, and it makes machines work like you there's actually a part where you do like a spin dash on top of a gear and it like spins the gear and slams it into a wall with like a bunch of inertia and like mm-hmm. the remaining inertia of the gear like turns a bunch of other gears that all make this machine work for a moment and it allows like a certain pathway to open for like a limited amount of time and um, it does sound pretty creative. I mean, uh... yeah, it's awesome. And then like Act Three is simply called um, it's something called like, you know, like de- don't die or like <laughs> or like avoid <laughs> death or something like it's that. Good advice. Race, race for de- you know death race or something. 
And the whole stage, the entire act, is a time-based thing where the whole left side of the screen is gi a gigantic pile of gears and, and needles and like stuff that's trying to kill you. Mm -hmm. And you have to like race as fast as you possibly can through all of this machinery or else this thing kills you. And that's for and that whole level? That's for the entire act. Because I remember before, you know, it would be like a section. Like you get to, yeah. oh, oh, here comes this part. And, you know, you have to um, beat the, the wall that's looming on the, the left side. Yeah. It's like going to crush yeah. you against another wall. Yeah, they would do that in Sonic 2 and 3 a lot. And like, um, and yeah, they, so they, this is kind of the extreme version of that, which I was, you know, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but like, I was, I dug it. I was like, wow, this is dope. Like no other act in this entire game is like this. So, uh, oh. but anyway, we've, we've now gone super far. <laughs> we well, you've this. actually made me wonder about Sonic 4. I'm still not really totally okay. sold on it, but it's nice to know that there's at least some redeeming. Absolutely. Elements. My recommendation would still be Sonic Generations first, then Sonic 4. Yeah. They and did it. They did that? They did a bit of a weird uh, approach to that demo. Did you try the, the actual demo? Of Generations? Yeah. No, not yet. Well, nope. it's too late now, I guess, because it huh. was a time demo. Okay. It was only available for a couple weeks. Oh, wow. And it told you that, like, it, the title screen, like, this thing will expire in, like, 14 days. <laughs> what? Like, That's it, And what's also odd is that the only playable, it was, you know, Green Hill's own. And um, the only playable part was Classic Sonic. So you actually couldn't play as the modern. Because at E3, you could play both of them. Oh, okay. It was essentially the same, you know, it's the same demo, actually, literally. But you could choose between the two. Oh. But the one they ended up letting people, you know, on PSN and the like play was just Classic Sonic. Maybe because they figured this is the what people have been actually wanting. So let's oh. just give them this one. But yeah. it would have been nice to have both. Yeah, absolutely, especially for people who are, are curious about what that gameplay is going to be like. So. Yeah, but the, having it be timed is weird. Huh. Yeah, like, well, it's not a very know. long level, so it's not like, oh, I'm just going to play this over and over again for like a year. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you crazy, crazy Sega people. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's by the way... overall game, huh? Uh, as I jokingly mentioned earlier to you, but I guess it's for real. Um, they they are bringing in, I guess it's on this continuing effort to really kind of bring back all these classic elements into Sonic Generations. They are introducing Metal Sonic from Sonic CD into Sonic Generations. Not wait, wait, so not, that's not the one from Sonic 2, right? Right, yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's not... not was in Sonic 3, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know about that. Like it was like Super Metal Sonic or some shit? I can't remember. But mm -hmm. as far as I know, Metal Sonic has always been exclusively just a Sonic CD, and he was—he had a very specific design to him that was like was I thought it was really kick-ass. I'm gonna Google it. Yeah, really, really <laughs> slick, kind of like the Ferrari of Sonic Metal Sonic designs. And so I guess he's—I guess he's in the game now. So that's interesting. But uh, yeah, they're kind of reaching in all directions, and I'm totally okay with this. <laughs> I'm going yeah, to allow yeah. this. Huh? So I'm going to allow this. <laughs> Metal Sonic, that wannabe. What's that? Metal that, Sonic? That wannabe. Yeah. It was weird. Like, he, it was, you know, in Sonic City, and, and the thing is, is like, 
I'll never, ever, ever say anything bad about Sonic CD because I, I am madly in love with that game. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I did find it a little bizarro that I, I definitely felt like if you look at Sonic CD like it's like a story, yeah, um, yeah. and it is a story no matter what, like because there's the whole past, present, future thing, which is great. But um, there's this whole like Amy Rose thing that you know, like she was introduced in that game, and yeah. and she's shown up in a bunch of other Sonic series. But I feel like her story in that game was really phoned in and extraordinarily shoehorned, and especially with this Metal Sonic Edge, because and and you can't have the cover of Sonic CD be an image. It's it's like an image of Sonic like grabbing jumping in the air and grabbing an emerald. And behind him is Metal Sonic, like flying behind him, you know? Uh-huh. And it gives this impression that like, yes, this story is about, you know, Sonic versus Metal Sonic, you know? But it's um, actually not. And it's not at all. Like like you he's he shows up for one act of one level and uh, and that's it. And it's kind of like, oh no no, I'm I'm wrong. He shows up for one millisecond in another act where basically there's Amy and she's you know hanging on to you and being a pain in the ass, and right. and which is intentional. It's supposed to you know she's designed to be this annoying character, and then Metal Sonic shows up and steals her, and he's like you know all right come at me bro you know <laughs> and. Uh, and then, like, he disappears for a thousand stages, and then he comes back for the race. And there's this race stage where you have to race him. And that's part of the gimmick of Metal Sonic, is he's designed exclusively for speed. Like, he's just this metal, he's, his feet float off the ground, and he's just propelled by a rocket pack. And it's like, you know, you basically have to just race extraordinarily fast through this level and beat him. And so, so yeah, we'll see if maybe that aspect comes back in mm-hmm. uh, if that's what the whole idea is going to be with him being back but uh, anyway yeah that's uh there's another old tangent for you so <laughs> <laughs> well now we know that you're a big metal sonic fan so <laughs> anybody that has no. any questions or concerns about metal sonic can go straight just to you no i'm not a metal sonic <laughs> fan i'm just i'm a, just a big classic sonic fan and it's weird to see this fragment of sonic history kind of come back into the limelight i mean it's i appreciate what they're doing where they're like well dude we're gonna i mean for them to have a game called sonic generations and to truly kind of bring all of these old elements back into the fold i think it's kind of a cool it's cool it's also kind of necessary considering that people still will always have the hard on for you know the original stuff yeah, yeah, absolutely. But what I noticed is there's definitely a divide between um, old and new Sonic fans. Right. Like, a lot of the newer Sonic fans that are younger just actually associate more with... Um, modern with Sonic. Modern Sonic. Yeah, that's the Sonic they actually think of. Yeah, that's weird. I'm going to punch all those kids. <laughs> with my well, cane. With my, with my old man cane. I'm gonna try to be punch. gentle. You stupid kids! <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Gade. That's not Sonic. He's little and fat. What the fuck? Yeah. He needs to be super fast, and I I can barely control him. 
Get your stupid short-spined hedgehog out of here. <laughs> chili dogs? What the fuck? Yeah, what? No one eats like, chili dogs. It's a hedgehog? What is that? His legs are so short. How could you possibly <laughs> run fast? Modern Sonic is the only one that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, okay. before we get I understand to your 3D. Sonic, in my day, Sonic was meant for speed. <laughs> not, for, not for targeting, you know, floating robots. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's, I think it says late 2011. So who knows? That could also be coming out in November along with everything else. Yes. Oh, what a, what a crazy quarter that's going to be. Uh, I'll be really curious to see how things stack up. There's a lot of competition from big name games. This isn't like that Red Dead scenario where Red Dead obliterated everybody else. We got a lot of like big players, you know. Yeah. Hey, um, I just thought of a spontaneous topic <laughs> um, that's related to this issue, and this is perfect because, um, I mean, for our viewers who may or may not know this, you know, like Iggy, you're you are you know you're professionally employed in the game business. Yeah. yeah. I'm professionally employed in the film and television business. And something that's interesting to me about games versus movies in terms of sales, and I'm really looking for your input on this, and it's especially relevant with this gigantic fourth quarter that we have coming up now, is, like, what do you think about... Um, okay, so maybe I should start by saying, so in the movie business, and this isn't... I mean, this is no... Like, so you don't need to work in the movie business to realize this, but... In the movie business, um, release dates and timing and temporal timing especially is everything. And um, when you have your opening weekend, who are you competing against? What time slot are you in? Are you in a holiday weekend? And how many weeks can you afford to stay in theaters? All of these things play into the overall success and, and you know, in the end, the gross of your picture. Mm-hmm. Um, versus in... And, you know, this can go both ways, I guess, but I've heard some people comment about how in the games industry, it's a little different because when your game is out there, it's it's almost as if, like, you're going direct video instantly. Like, like your game is out there and it doesn't go away. It's out there. And it's, you know, like, it's not like after a certain amount of time, it's revoked. It's like the game is available for purchase until there's no more copies available. And... So with that in mind, like, how would you say that, you know, for example, like in the movie business, like if you have like a ton of blockbusters come out all at once, everybody kind of suffers, you know, like every. I'm almost expecting, I mean, it's a little different in that. um, I mean, yeah, okay. If there's a movie you really want to see, you're going to follow it. But often, like with box office stuff, like I don't think people were actively following them. The Hangover too for months, <laughs> you know. This is not something that they um, that they follow with great interest. But with games, it it feels slightly different because, say for example, you own a PS3, so you're probably going to get Uncharted three, and uh, you know Skyrim is in your face everywhere. So that's probably going to be a pick too. Like a lot of people will end up getting all of the games, but not everybody can do that. And it's not quite, I don't know, it doesn't feel quite that way with film. It always feels like, okay, here's our weekend. What are we going to watch? You're not going to pick, like, you're not going to do, like, a triple feature. Yeah, exactly. 
Like I was thinking about this earlier today, and, and it's funny. Like it's almost exactly what I was just mentioning in relation to Sonic Generations. Like it, just this morning, I was thinking to myself, like, man, oh man, I should really find out what Sonic Generations is coming out because I should get that game like right when it comes out, you know. And then I was like, wait, no. Nah. I'm like, what am I thinking? Like I don't need to do that. It's actually in your best interest to wait because, especially with Amazon and all these companies offering. Um, Sometimes, Sometimes bonuses after. Right, exactly. Like there, was, it, it's it's you don't know what you're gonna get. Sometimes, they'll they'll be able to pre-order a bonus right up front. Right. And you'll be like, oh shit, I need to get that. But if yeah. there isn't, most of the time, some company afterwards will say, hey, uh, twenty bucks credit, you know, if you get Sonic like the week after it came out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing is like, if I if when I think about like with movies, it's like. Well, oh crap! You know, there's there's five movies that I want to see that all came out at once. But it's like, well, dude, but I don't want to spend the money to see all five movies. You know, because movies are expensive now. Right. And it's like, but with games, it's like, awesome! Five games that I really love all just came out. I'm gonna buy this one now, and then I'll buy the other ones when I have the money. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm not worried about them disappearing. You know. Yeah. Whereas with like with movies, it's like oh crap, like well crap, I really want to see X Y Z in theaters, you know, and I don't want to see it when it goes when it's like on my home theater, you know. Yeah, the the interesting thing is that uh, there's not the same. There is kind of an expiration time on how profitable um, games can be, you know, when that first maybe two three weeks you get that first month basically because there okay. is kind of a severe drop off after a certain point. Point. Oh, yeah. But um, it's not quite as severe as movies, though. Because movies, right. I notice, if they don't really make a killing in that first week, maybe that second week, it's like, right. whoops. <laughs> huh. But, um, yeah, for for games, sometimes they find a second life, you know, later on. Like, there's been a couple games that, um, especially, like, indie games that don't necessarily make it big. Like, Amnesia, if you got around to playing that one it's it's a scary ass game amnesia the dark descent which is a like a suspense horror kind of uh point and click but first person adventure game and uh when it came out i don't think there was much buzz about it some people you know were talking about it but it took a while for it to build up and for people to go wow what the hell game is this it's everyone's posting videos on youtube about how fucking scary it is and you know, that sort right. of thing. So yeah. I think a lot of rules are different for for games. I mean, some things are similar. Like the big blockbuster games will obviously function at first similarly to big blockbuster movies. Right. Because a lot of people do look at those uh, like NPD uh, numbers for, you know, the first couple of weeks, like, what's number one? Mass Effect 2 is at the top. Did it drop to number three? What does that mean, you know? Oh, uh, true. But um, I'm not sure if, like, people's salaries are based so much on that as as they are with, with movies. I mean, right. like, for some companies, yeah. But uh, they tend to give a little bit more time, like a time buffer, to see how things develop often with games. Huh. Um, like, with Homefront... Uh, the game, you know, the but the alternate reality where Korea invaded the United States and took over everything. Um, with with that game, 
I think it actually had a bit of a slow start, but at a certain point they were bragging that they had hit, I think, one or two million uh, sold. So, um, yeah, it just takes a while sometimes for some games. And hopefully, huh. hopefully you're part of a company or publisher that might be willing to kind of wait it out a bit. There's some people that are maybe a little more impatient. And right. all, of a, all of a sudden you'll be hearing the next day about, you know, people like a studio shuttering or like uh, people getting laid off or something. But uh, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but there are, I mean, there are things that do screw over people because since there is that longer span of time that a game can be purchased, like when Red Dead came out, that just owned everything for for a while right and um so sometimes it's almost more dramatic than with a movie theater because it'll be for like twice as long (laughs) that uh somebody's trouncing uh the other titles oh yeah that's true yeah Um, seriously but uh, yeah yeah, it it depends so uh i I don't know It, it, it definitely depends but um i'm sure everybody has at least some experience with that because a lot of people that our big gamers usually do kind of follow uh, what's, you know, what's big now and what, what should I be buying? And, yeah. See, um, when there's, and then, like, I was thinking also about, like, people people that are, like, in my, sort of, like, my neck of the woods that are the, the people that take forever to play games and, um, and how, like, I mean, this is similar to how movies work in mm-hmm. terms of, like, uh, when it comes to sequels and uh, and it's like you know if an awesome movie comes out that has like a, a big you know a big um, sequel and people are saying that it's great you know, sometimes will prompt people to go find it on home video the first one so mm-hmm. that they can watch that before seeing the second one and but I think about this with games as well like, like I'm experiencing this right now with Portal and oh. how <laughs> Portal awesome. 2 is out now yeah, and Portal 2 is out now, and it's like, you know, I remember hearing how Portal 1 was one of the greatest games ever, and now Portal 2 is out, and it's like, oh, well, dude, definitely play Portal 1 before you play Portal 2, and I'm like, oh, my God, okay, well, now I, you know, this makes me want to go back and purchase the first one. Also, the same thing with Infamous, also the same thing with Uncharted, you know, mm-hmm. like, all these games that are huge games and and with sequels that are, like, kick-ass, and um, I'm like, oh, God, you know, I... I absolutely must go back and get these first games you know it's um, a it's a little weird when sometimes you have a game series that uh, you know one title was during the last gen console and like the new uh, title is that you know because there's a different definite difference in quality yeah um that occurs like even with infamous 2 i played the second one first because everybody was clamoring about it and also i did some animation in it so i figured right. i should play it um so, yeah, but, and then, you know, Infamous 1 was in the back of my head, even before, you know, it was offered for free, and I thought, I should probably play this. But there's a pretty big difference of quality oh. between, you know, in animations, in models, in gameplay elements, uh, between the two. And the same is kind of true for Uncharted, but it's not maybe as huge of a leap, um, because the quality level is still pretty high. Uh, huh. And it, gameplay-wise, not a ton changed. Um, but yeah, sometimes it may impact people's choices or decisions to try the previous games. Because if it's too yeah. big of a leap, they may try a little bit and be a little turned off by it. Right. Um, whereas true. with movies, you know, unless <laughs> unless you're pulling a Lucas 
and like <laughs> uh, totally CGifying everything between you know the first and the second or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's not as big of a leap. Maybe they might feel a, feel a little better connected. Like you know, if you saw uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom yeah. first, huh? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> although chronologically that is actually the first one, so whatever. Yeah. Nerdy. Um, yeah. If if you saw that one first, and then you saw uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's not going to feel that weird. Yeah. Because it's 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 still gonna feel like it connects pretty well. So, yeah. games is a little trickier. But if it's a good series, you're you know you're still probably gonna want to play. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, you know. but anyway, so that's movies versus movies versus games, which is uh, always kind of an interesting topic to me because there are a lot of parallels, especially with the big money makers on both sides. Yeah, but I mean it's. Um, I mean, movie versus games could be a huge topic in and of itself, but specifically just from a box office standpoint, that's an interesting topic as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, of course, all the movie crossover games. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That usually God, does. speaking of which, let's, let me take 20 seconds to just remind everybody <laughs> of the worst thing in the universe. What? Street Fighter. Street Fighter, the game, the movie. Street Fighter, the movie, the game. The game. <laughs> I remember that. What was it? Is, was it Sega CD? What no, was it, it was, on? I can't remember. I really, I, I can't remember whatever it was on. It Sega Saturn. Really? Oh, no, no, I, I, no, 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 I, I, I can't remember. But he was on, you know, a slightly next, a further gen system than that. Okay. It was so bad because it's like they have the moves from the first ones. Yeah. But they're put onto like digitized people. Dude, yeah, it's just. Don't, they don't just the worst idea in history, possibly. Like, here, yeah, like, here is, <laughs> here's Street Fighter, the same thing that you're used to, but worse, you know? Yeah. Just, like, everything's a little suckier. Oh, okay, so it's a PlayStation and Sega Saturn. Oh, wow. I don't remember the PlayStation part. I mean, I don't remember much of that game. <laughs> Maybe I, that's for the best. Um... Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's art imitating art. <laughs> yeah, honestly, well, honestly, the first few, the first moments of the PlayStation, and this could be a whole topic in and of itself, also. But like the first, I feel like the first dawning moments of the PlayStation One, almost no, it's just like super nebulous, and nobody remembers it. Kind of like being, because I remember like even me when I, I was, that's when I was still in kind of like my hardcore gamer mode when mm -hmm. I was little. And like, and I remember that coming out, and me kind of thinking that it was a joke that Sony had released a gaming system. And I was like, really, Sony, <laughs> really, PlayStation with freaking triangle, square, circle, X? Like, what the hell is this system that you're trying to pull? Like, no, dude, Sega runs the consoles, you know, right. business, which is like now couldn't be further from the truth. But like. I remember being like, this is totally a joke. And the games felt similarly. Like, the games weren't, they, it was still in that, like, that, just that very, very beginning where it was like nothing was out. There was like Intelligence Cube, you know, like mm -hmm. was out. And like Battle Arena Toshin Den was out, you know. It was like, wow, like, there's like a few kind of sweet games on here, but like hasn't really found its voice yet. And then, and then, it, finally, it was like, oh, okay, Final Fantasy VII is out now. Like this. Do you, awesome. do you remember the commercials though? Because they were yeah. they were tricky little bastards with those yeah. commercials. They only showed 
the cinematic footage, the FMVs. And I was like, wow, this is what, like, the PlayStation can do? Holy shit. Then you play it, it's a little box for hands, cloud. And it was still, I mean, it was still great for that time. But stuff has not aged well. For all of you young listeners out there who may be listening to this podcast who are uh, are 14 or younger, (laughs) your homework this week is to go on YouTube and to watch the teaser TV spots for Final Fantasy VII because it may go down in history as one of the craziest, craziest, awesome, somewhat misleading, but still pretty damn awesome. Uh, well, totally misleading. What do you? <laughs> well, just and also like, it might be it might be lost on the younger generation, but like it was definitely of that time where like, it was so damn awesome that it felt we were we were like tricked into thinking we were watching a movie, you know? And yeah. that was the whole point of the commercial. Like, you'll know that it's the right commercial when it feels like a movie trailer. And and it looks so much better than like the Sega CD FMV yeah. stuff. It, it looked the quality. I to be honest, they were using some high quality version of those FMVs for Final Fantasy VII because the in-game oh, yeah. stuff always looked like it was like a quarter of the resolution of the, and it, it was like. Yeah. If you, I remember, like, if you had Final Fantasy VII and you had like the PlayStation, you could you could actually stick that shit in your PC. Oh, to rip the AVS. Yeah, you could rip the videos out of that. And And they were small as hell. They were tiny. Yeah, I was like, wow, (laughs) tiny man. Like they were they were like 240 progressive in terms of like quality. Yeah. uh, That is tiny, tiny. And so how far we've come. Yeah. But man, yeah, check out that Soldier of Fortune commercial when that one that one dropped. I was just I was like peeing myself. I was like, dude. <laughs> and and like it's definitely one of those experiences you can only have for the first time once, you know, where you you know, the dude, the voiceover dude is all like, you know, in a time where this and this and this is happening, it's up to one soldier of fortune to, you know, to come through. And he's and that fantastic ending line where he's like if you win, you survive. If you lose, you can always hit the reset button. Oh, yeah. And I remember being like, say what? <laughs> and it's like, Final Fantasy VII. No way, dude. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> Final Fantasy game? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I kind of miss that, being so excited for a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've felt that way about a yeah. Final Fantasy game. The last Final one. Fantasy X, I was excited for that. Was when I, when I remember thinking, like, dude, well, you know, at the time when Final, when P- PS2 graphics were, like, basically making your eyes explode. <laughs> and and being like, dude, if they make a Final Fantasy game for this system, it's going to just ruin everything, like, in the coolest way. You know, it's just yeah. going to crush everything. And, and, yeah, it coming out and it being a kick-ass game and me being just like, oh, my God, yes. Like, this game just rules everything, you know? Well, and, some people weren't that nuts about ten though. Really? I actually enjoyed it, but yeah. uh, I do I know thought, some people that thought it was one of the weaker games. I'm going to punch these people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be sure be sure to email your Yeah, send your email comments. me your address and I will come and punch you. Yeah, if, if you don't like Final Fantasy X, email in the name of game podcast at gmail.com and then <laughs> David will find you and punch you in the Big face. Badger, personally, personally <laughs> deliver his fist to your front door. <laughs> 
ding dong. What? That's, hello. Do you do, do you listen to podcasts? Well, it's, yeah. It's gonna be like the ending of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. I, that's exactly what I was thinking of. You're gonna <laughs> need to get grow your hair long, yeah. get a cap, and yeah. then I'll just put on like a couple more pounds, and then <laughs> I'll, just I'll, a couple. More <laughs> okay, like I'll add another me, and then we'll yeah. go and. And then that's it's funny. I was at work the other day, and uh, I we should we should probably wrap this up tonight pretty soon. But I should <laughs> I should let, leave you with this anecdote about how this friend of mine uh, who works across from me at work. He's been following this whole amazing hackers versus hackers versus hackers thing that's been happening. Oh, uh, the the lulsec stuff. Yeah, lulsec versus like the the real hacking community. So, so right. And how all of these people are just fucking 15-year-old, like, acne-faced moron shutting kids who are complete, like, social outcasts Mm -hmm. and are just, they're just, like, pointing and, like, thinking that they're super cool by hiding in their dark corners and laughing at the internet. And, and know, then they released those photos of some of those guys. Yeah. And they're actually nerd morons, you know. <laughs> it's there was true. one, uh, I forgot which one, but uh, which guy it was, but they actually ha- found a YouTube clip of him like singing karaoke or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wow, that kind of well, knocks so, him yeah, down so, a notch. So, like, so, yeah, you know, and that's, and my my friend just, like, he hates you know, that, that culture on the internet. I, I hate it too, but like this guy hates it even more than I do. And he's, he's like, God, he's like, he's like, I wish I could take an M16 and just shove it up these guys' asses and just pull the trigger. He's like, this is what these guys need. And, and I, I told him, I was like, dude, have you seen the movie Jane's Time of Bob Strike Back? I'm like, <laughs> you need to see it and you need to have some shot in front of it. And like, experience the end of this movie because it is it's exactly that and it was and the, you know that the end of that movie is just totally you know uh kevin smith like feeling that same way basically yeah. and just being like god these stupid stupid 14 year olds like sitting at their computers anonymously and like typing away like are, they're awesome like are, and, excuse me are you boner jams 64 yeah it's, yes and it's like and yeah, that would be the greatest thing. And he's yeah, when it's like, yeah, are like, you? Did you say person? that Jay and Silent Bob are fucking or fucking clown yeah, shoes? Did you, did you say quote unquote fucks Jay and Silent Bob, fuck them in their stupid asses? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and the kid's like, yeah, and he's really proud of himself. And then they just beat the shit out of him. And yeah. it's, it's like, yes, it's perfect. Like going door to door with like a hilarious like dot matrix printer printout <laughs> of. All of these little kids' like addresses—it's just perfect. It's so yep. fun. That—that'll be—that'll be your friend and hackers, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like justice is being served by purely by the egos of these guys. Like, no, no, you're not hackers. We're hackers, you know. And them kind of like just being like, oh yeah, we'll take this. Here's all of your information, and then the police come and arrest them, you know. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. I mean, <laughs> no it's one's hilarious. really safe on the internet, you know. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, I mean, it's really, really funny. <laughs> <laughs> just giggling like crazy in front of your computer screen, like, oh, I mean, there's another one. And that whole stupid, like, yes, our planned 50-day strike, our planned 
50 day strike is now over it's like yeah right dude like, yeah when they're like you know we're going to uh, recover uh, off somewhere else for a while yeah because yeah, like, you got caught so like yeah it, all of this went according to plan are are we we set out to do this so we achieved it it's like no you're stopping because you got caught and now you're freaked out and you don't want to risk you know yourself anymore like, exactly like that's what's happening guys <laughs> anyway sorry this is now turned into not even about video games so we should... i mean kind of oh i do have something funny that most people may have already noticed by now okay. um so this week there was a bit of a i wouldn't even call it a snafu it was totally on purpose um, if anybody was interested in looking up information about Modern Warfare 3, uh, <laughs> usually, you know, you think, oh, I'll just go to modernwarfare3.com. Well, funny thing about that, you would actually get uh, domain forwarded to Battlefield 3 from <laughs> EA. And I, from what I understand, this isn't EA's doing at all. Um, it's somebody that was domain squatting. And they apparently really hate COD. So they're like, fuck you, Call of Duty or Activision or both. And um, Domain forwarded it to uh, Battlefield 3 because apparently people that had seen that, that URL beforehand, it was like some kind of anti-COD rant or something like that. So it clearly wasn't an EA thing, although I'm sure they're not too bummed by it. <laughs> <laughs> they probably right. seem pretty okay with it, even though they won't say it. Um, I can imagine a board meeting there and just being like, hey guys, everybody has noticed. We've yeah. got some awesome free PR this week. <laughs> exactly. It, it is pretty funny, you got to admit. But I'm sure Activision's not thrilled. But honestly, come on, that's a major title. Wouldn't you have like bought like Modern Warfare 1 up through, I don't know, at least 10 or something just to have? It's not like domains are expensive. Right. Yep. I mean, just should just get them in bulk. <laughs> every <laughs> single one. It'll cost you maybe a thousand bucks for like every single name. Um, but yeah, that was pretty silly. But I don't know. EA is doing some weird stuff. Uh, we had been I had been talking with some friends earlier about how um, you know Steam's Steam's the big behemoth on uh, on PC. Steam is like the place to go to download any kind of games other than Minecraft, which is still not on there. Um, but EA is really trying to push this origin, uh, service, which is kind of like their official downloads where they're making, you know, every, a lot of EA games exclusively downloadable on, uh, on origin and old Republic is going to be this, this way, which a lot of people got really weird about, but I guess there's apparently some misconceptions because, um, Really, what EA is claiming, at least for now, is that uh, it's just the digital download. Like, if you went and you wanted to get a retail copy of Old Republic, you can still do that, which I'm going to do. Um, and I think to actually run the game, it's not like it's being run through Origin. I think, it, uh, at least according to them, it's just purely a, um, a download service. But still, it's clearly trying to take a chunk out of Steam's profits. And... Uh, some other people were surmising that, you know, it's just a matter of time, if not already, that EA may start making some EA titles disappear from Steam. Not necessarily, like, if you already own those titles, it's not like they're going to disappear. But they're probably going to just disappear from the Steam storefront so that, you know, future purchases can't be made. Um, and now that there's that huge, um, that huge 
buyout of uh, PopCap Games earlier uh, this week for like one point, crazy, $1.3 billion or something like that. Um, you can bet that if there's any PopCap Games on Steam, they're probably going to start disappearing after a while too. Um, that's, so that's, that's going to be interesting. I, I don't really care for Origin. I, I, I am subscribed and signed up for so many damn things. I really do, just don't need any further stuff. So if I can find a way around it, I'm probably going to do that. Um, I have nothing against the games. I, just, I obviously still want the games, but I just don't want to have to deal with more services that I, I'm only going to use for like one thing. Right. It's like Microsoft or uh, Windows games. I don't know what that so there's Xbox Live and whatever that you use to, you know, download games off of Xbox Live. But there, for PC gamers, there's also, uh, yeah, I believe it's just called Windows Live. And okay. um, that's what, for example, I have Bioshock 2, and it uses, uses that, which is annoying because if you want to connect, you have to log in with, like, a Windows Live account and... Um, yeah. It's it's not so good. I'm I'm so used to using Steam for everything. Like, oh, where else? I can't connect with all of my Steam friends because I'm being forced to log into Windows, uh, Windows Live for for whatever I need. Huh. But um, yeah, they're they're basically almost pulling one of those because at a certain point, are we gonna have to log into Origin to play any of the content that's like EA content? Hmm. Or what's what's gonna happen with that? Right. Um. Or it's called Games for Windows. That's that's where I was wrong. Oh, oh, but it, okay. it's it, they're all connected because it's Windows. So you'll have a Windows Live like login that you'll have to use, you know, to access oh. all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so I don't know EA. Be careful. They're they're making with PopCap and Origin. They're obviously making a big push to try to take a chunk out of digital downloads right, that, that that market. But, um, I don't know if they're going to bite off more than they can chew, because this is going to be pretty hard to put a dent in Steam's fender, <laughs> you know? Right, yes. Yeah. And they're like a fucking semi, and yeah. Origin is like a, a Pinto, you know? When yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're actually doing it as an attempt to out-Steam Steam, you know? Or they're to... saying that, but I mean, clearly, there's, there's yeah. at some level, it's an attempt you know? Really? You really think it's malicious? I think, well, it's definitely not as fleshed out as Steam. So I right. do believe them when they're saying it's purely the downloads. I th yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there's, the thing is, is that there's clearly enough room in the marketplace for both. So I think they'll be fine. Well, there's... <laughs> I don't think that it's a Steam business. I think it's just like, it's a business and they're going to try to capitalize on whatever they can. Well, there's, I mean, there are existing other businesses right now. There's, was it Direct to Drive or Direct Drive? Oh, true, yeah. And some other ones, but they obviously don't do as well as Steam. Steam, like, if you think, like, oh, I, I probably want to get this game on PC. Are you going to, you're either thinking retail copy, if some people still do that, or you're thinking Steam, because Steam will instantly let you connect with any other friends that also have that game. Oh, yeah. So the convenience... Like, I, I'm not doubting that EA can probably survive doing whatever origin thing that they're doing. But it, the convenience will almost always win out. If there were two options of the same thing, which That's is it. what they're trying to remove from Steam, um, everyone's always going to go to Steam. Hmm. 
So that's why they're taking their ball and going home in terms of trying to get those EA titles off the Steam storefront eventually. Bizarre. Yeah, it's, you know, business. (laughs) That's what happens. But, uh, you know, people want their profits to be their own, I guess. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, so that's that's that last little uh, EA tidbit, because there's been a bunch of EA things lately. So I figured it's worth mentioning. If Absolutely. you don't already know, now you know. Um, now you know. Yeah, so that's, that's about it for, for this week, I think. Um, no emails to report. I do have one more pack of those uh, Bethesda keychains that I found. So it's, uh, again, they have a, a Prey 2 keychain, a Rage keychain, and um, a little Dragon keychain from uh, Skyrim, if you would like to have it. Email us at uh, nameofgamepodcast at gmail.com and uh, tell us which Bethesda game you really like and why. And uh, if we pick you, you'll get the keychains for whatever <laughs> whatever you want to use them for. Um, if you say something hilarious, we might read it on this show. <laughs> yeah, if you're a budding if you're a budding comedian uh, with with uh, game interests. Sure, hit us up with uh, something funny. If you, you wish know. to control us like the puppets that we could be, <laughs> write, something funny. <laughs> <laughs> write something funny and we will read it. <laughs> Actually, you speak your words. David does a bunch of really great impressions, so I'm sure he could get <laughs> some funny voice to, to read it in. There you go. That's, there's an additional challenge for y'all. <laughs> write anyway. something and write the voice in which you would like to be read. Yes. <laughs> both of these will come true. But again, name of game podcast at gmail.com. Our website, of course, is in the name of game.com. And uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a review, be kind, we're trying. Um, if you do have any suggestions or you think we need to do things differently, of course, that's what the email's for. And we'll look at those and laugh. No, we'll look at them and read them and <laughs> consider them because we're not douchebags that just totally ignore it and say, you know, you're going to listen to this and like it. Right. <laughs> we're, we're all, we're all hip to the, uh, you know, giving you guys what you want. Democracy. Yeah. Yeah. Democracy, democracy rules. <laughs> Democ. Let's just call it Democ from now on. <laughs> the democ- you guys got Democ over there in your country. Pff, we got it. You got some democracy. <laughs> it's all right. I guess it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> So, till next time, uh, have fun gaming. Play safe. All right. right. See you later, y'all. Bye. Later, y'all. Later, y'all.